book whispers. Are you trying to do all the sound effects? All no, not nonsense? really. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be Sounds fine. better, though. We'll be fine, because Hamish will put them in afterwards and <laughs> drown us out if necessary. <laughs> Episode nine. Who'd have thought? Episode nine. Yes, I know. Book whisperers, and brought to you by the lovely Hamish of Sound Sound, the long-suffering Hamish. (laughs) Long-suffering, very long-suffering. Sound Sound. (laughs) I have to tell you, I was I was doing my uh, my book, The Psychopath, uh, with uh, Hamish last week, and part of my book has um, the transcript of the hidden camera video we took of my ex when he was trying to con one of the uh, other women and uh, so we've got hidden hidden camera footage of it and I'd written it down it's quite clear in the book because you can see it's written down who's saying what but I'm trying to do this as, a, as an audiobook and I'm trying to read out all the different parts and it doesn't work <laughs> it doesn't work and Hamish was being so patient and everything with me and I was going and the trouble is I'm actually giving them examples of word salad and projection and all sorts of things like this and as a result, you know, I can't read it out without kind of freaking out. So, because <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> it's like so ah, tearing my um, hair out. Um, but, so, uh, to put into perspective, then, tell us about your audiobook, Mary Turner Thompson, international best selling author. <laughs> wow. I done, I've done, done two audiobooks this year. One is The Bigamist, um, which is currently on sale. And The Psychopath will be out on, it's, it's launching on the 1st of March which means it's out on the 1st of February if you pre-order. Um, so, yes, it's uh, but it's out on pre-order at the moment, which is absolutely fantastic. So very exciting. After 14 years, no, 13 years, I finally got a new book out. <laughs> it's, like, it's only taken me well, 13 years to get it done. Well, no, yeah. no, not at all, though, because your first book. So tell us about your first book for, for our new listeners. For new listeners, okay, yes. My my first book, The Bigamist, is about my uh, relationship, true crime memoir, my relationship with uh, William Allen Jordan, who is not only a bigamist and a con man and also a convicted paedophile, but he's also uh, a, a psychopath who actively impregnates women to written off for money. So uh, my ultimate revenge you can take on someone is to write, write a book about them and out them worldwide, which is what I've done. <laughs> Way to go. <laughs> it is. It's a way to go. It's a, it's yeah, it is. It's fantastic. Um, but then The Psychopath is the sequel 13 years later of everything that I found out about Psychopaths and what he has done since being deported. Um, sort of like and, and done his jail time in the UK and been deported back to the USA. So, These are um, exciting times for you then in terms of your writing, aren't they? Oh, because yeah. you, as you say, you know, you've got a 14 year book, which you very actively stood behind and supported and marketed. Mm. Yeah. And very few authors do that for such a prolonged period of time. Then you come out with what looks to be a cracker of a, a second book. And then you are also sort of planning ahead in terms of, of writing fiction as well, aren't you, really? Yeah, yeah, I'm writing my first novel. I have, I mean, to be fair, I've been writing the novel for 10 years, um, but it's now completely changed and uh, it was going to be a psychological thriller. It's now actually a time slip fantasy. It's like, it's like you know, you know, slight divergent of genres, which is sort of segueing into what we're talking about today. Um, <laughs> so Mary Turner-Thompson... <laughs> 
She did. You heard it here. Get, so so how do we find you? Amazon, of course. Amazon, yes. Um, you can look up the, the bigamist on Amazon or the psychopath on Amazon. Um, and you will find that quite easily. Um, and uh, both audiobook, Kindle book, printer book, and general... Um, book book. Book book. <laughs> I was trying to think if there was anything else. I'm sure there's four. I'm sure there's four. What's the fourth one then? I don't know. Well, the film. Anyway. The film. When the film comes out. <laughs> yeah, watch this space. We'll, we'll see yeah. what happens with that one. Um, but yeah, so it's all sort of quite good, good fun. And it's, uh, it's currently ranking... Uh, in the top twelfth uh, most sold books this or most Yay! read books most read books this week and where and is it number, number one? fourteen most sold books this week uh, it was number one in in Australia last week last weekend um, it, actually number one in the Kindle charts overall which was Fantastic. awesome mm. um, but uh, it's it's yeah slipped down a little bit now <laughs> you don't stay there for long but at least I can say I'm a number one best selling now in in Australia absolutely. as well absolutely so, um, absolutely so exciting. Uh, yeah. Yeah, so really is. I mean, it's really. I'm very, very impressed with my my new publishers. So, but I've done it. I, I was with Random House for the first ten years, and then I was self published for three years, and I just started a new publisher, Little A, to last, uh, which was launched on September the fifteenth. So, and I'm very impressed with Little A. I have to say. So, now I have to say, Little A apart. Going back mm. to this film of yours, are there two parts for your bestest buddies? Yeah. <laughs> oh, I would have thought so. <laughs> Do you I think Lee? So. Yeah, we could just yeah, kind think, of sidle in there. Yeah, we could. We and we. Do we need to have equity cards or equity passes for it? No. <laughs> well, I quite no. fancy Meryl Streep playing me. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Lee? Actually, yeah, Lee. Who would you oh. have say you? Oh, I don't know. Now you've really got me. Don't um, say Kirstie Alley. She's just come out as a supporter of Trump. Oh God! Well, it wasn't Ooh. going to be Kirstie Alley anyway. I'd have to think about that. There's Maybe quite Madonna. A few actresses. Oh, Madonna. Oh, Madonna. Oh, Madonna. Oh, Madonna. Oh, Madonna. Oh, Madonna. Oh. Yeah, no. Um, how about Sarah Bullock or something? Is it Sarah Ooh, Bullock? Sa- Sandra Bullock. Sandra, Sandra Bullock. Bullock. Yeah, Sandra oh, she's Bullock. She's sexy. Like yeah. 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 <laughs> steady, Mary, steady. <laughs> I know yeah, it's Sandra the middle Bullock. of the night, but you know. <laughs> Now, Lee Taylor, I know that you've just had a new book out and you have several on the shelves. Mm. I have two on the shelves. I've got um, Middle of the Folktales. That was the first book. And as the title says, it's tales, folktales, all about Midlothian. When you say Midlothian, though, it's Midlothian and Edinburgh. So I think there's about 26 tales. So you've got things like the man who sold his wife at auction. It really did happen. Really? market, Yeah. Yeah, he sold wow. his wife, got fed up with her, so he sold her. Um, How much the woman, did he get? Um, I think it. I think she went for about five crowns or something. Was but there was, a, I mean, there was a riot. A riot happened as a result of it, and everything. You know, all these all these women sort of, you know, pushed into the grass market because they're absolutely hacked off. I was going to say something else there. Really <laughs> hacked off at the fact that a woman was actually getting sold. Yeah. Um and shame on the husband and shame on the the auctioneer. Um but then you had all these other drunken men that had fallen out of the pubs around the grass market sort of saying, "Oh, I'll take it for two and six or or what have you." 
But um, eventually... I know I shouldn't laugh as a feminist. I know I shouldn't laugh. But, but you know, because it's always about me, Lee. I always think, two and six, you can do better than that. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, there were sort of mad offers. I, I'd written it kind of like a comedy because I found it really funny. Uh-huh. Um, but she, she ended up going off with a farmer, I think, and and apparently lived very happily oh, afterwards. Good. So, you know, they all lived happily ever after. It was... Just a mismatch, mismatch marriage. We've got other things like, um, oh, now you must know the story about half hanging Maggie. Oh yes, half hanging Maggie, the woman who was hung, taken down, sent away with her with her family, you know, to go off and bury her in Musselburgh, and halfway along the track, as she was rumbling around in her coffin on the back of the cart, she suddenly sat up, alive. Frightened everybody silly. Yeah, she went on and um, she got, she was hung because apparently she killed her baby. Her baby was stillborn, but they didn't, they couldn't prove things like that in those days. And um, she went on and kind of rekindled her relationship with her husband who'd gone off to sea or he, I think he'd been uh, taken by the sea merchants or whatever. And okay, they they rekindled their, their love and they went on to have about five five other children, so... But she actually, could, <clears throat> if she had killed her baby, she got away with murder because having been declared legally dead, they couldn't try her again. No, that was right. So, yeah. Um, yeah. So she, she was sorted on that one. She was sorted. Yeah. So, so that's, um, yes, that's Made in Midlothian. That's a couple of the tales in Made in Midlothian. And then the next book was uh, not a departure from folk tales, but it was written specifically for children mostly boys, aimed at boys, and it's called Animals, Beasties and Monsters, Monsters. of Scotland. Yeah. Yes. So it's got some crackers of stories name, in it. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's supposed to attract their attention. So I've got, um, oh, the, in that one, there's one of my favourite stories is uh, The Spider's Tale, and that's about Robert the Bruce, spoken Ooh. from the spider's point of view. Oh, nice. So, you know, it, it, he's sort of... The spider goes in all attitude, like who is this sort of hairy red thing coming up, climbing <laughs> up the hill towards me, thinking thinking it's possibly a spider until it actually gets to the top. And you know, <laughs> so anyway, I'll not give the whole story away, but it's it's quite an interesting take on it. Yeah, um, and then I, like I think that when, idea though, telling yeah. it from the spider's point of view. Yeah, it's like you know, I'm the person that changed history. It's all down to me, and yet nobody tells my name. It's all about Robert the Bruce. <laughs> Nothing to do with me. <laughs> what is this? Um, so yeah, Don't you know that who one. I am. Oh, yeah, do you know who I think I am? <laughs> In fact, it's a, it's a disabled spider as well. He's not just an ordinary spider. He's a spy, spider that's got disability. You know, he's <laughs> that was very inclusive of you. I know, just like to cover all of those things. So he's got eight left legs. So, you know, he has <laughs> problems walking forward, keeps going round and round in circles and, and oh, things like that. And he's short-sighted, you know, with all his <laughs> eight have, eyes. Yeah, he's got eight eyes, haven't they? Yeah, but he's very excited about his eight eyes, you know. <laughs> He'd been to the optician, you know, to have his eyes checked out. I uh, didn't like the optician. No, he didn't like the optician because the optician had very bad breath. Yes. Okay. I know. He was, he was traumatised by it, actually. But you'll find out more about it in the story. Actually, sure. I, I so want to read this book. I really do. <laughs> I, I, I've known you for so long and I haven't read, the, read that book. It's terrible. Oh, oh terrible. Oh, so sorry. the next book is a complete departure from all of that. And um, it's it's a novel. Um, it's a novel. Yes, it's a novel. <laughs> <laughs> what 
genre of novel it's is it? genre i would say it's women's fiction it's women's okay. literary fiction and it's um probably it's it's written from women of certain age say 40 45 plus and it covers it covers elements of mental health i mean there's there's good things and bad things um but it starts off with this uh woman who has she has mental health problems but she's had an extreme uh, nervous breakdown and it sort of explores the reasons why she's had a nervous breakdown and looks at the knock-on effects within the family and how the family deal with that or what happens to them um so without saying any more about it it's a really interesting read honestly um, mm. but it's a good exploration it's a thorough explanation of what happens to women in the 1960s cool Cool. So it's such a diversity so, of writing lives we've got, don't you think? Yeah. Mm. But yeah, I mean, the genres you write in Sue are very different. They are. They are, and they're becoming more and more different as I'm going along. I hmm. uh, incorporated the Wee Book Company in 2018, and I was really lucky because we 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 kind of flew from a standing start, and uh, just flew into the shops really touchwood quite easily. So we we. Um, yeah, we've been really lucky compared to most publishing companies to take a while to become established. Yeah. And we're at the point where our gift book market is is fairly strong. And we're now sort of at the second stage of diversifying. So so like you articulate, you know, you start in one genre. Yeah. And then you write and you write and you write and you write. And then you get to the point where you start experimenting, don't you? Mm-hmm. So the wee book company is all about gift books written in broad Scots. But behind the scenes, like you both, you know, I have other writing that goes on. You know, I've got two novels that are sort of uh, hacked away at. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, and hopefully out, you know, at the end of next year. And yeah. uh, so, so like you, I think to have the creative edge, You've always got to mix it up. And the, the theme of this podcast, look at the way I'm doing this. The theme of this podcast is all about mixing it up because Getting, you know yeah. what? We're all feeling, I don't know what you think, but we're all feeling a sense of, oh my gosh, we're in semi-lockdown. Mm-hmm. The nights mm-hmm. are fair drawing in. Um, oh, how much Netflix can we watch? <laughs> I think, the answer I think people is, are getting TV out, actually. Yeah, we're all yeah. saturated. So what is it we're going to do? And what we're suggesting this week is that you reach for your screen or your pen and your paper and you start doing odd things, mixing up unexpected genres because you never know what it's going to throw out there. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so I'll just put it out there. One of us is doing comedy erotica later in this this uh, podcast Ooh. one of us is doing an alien memoir oh really <laughs> and one of us is doing a horror panto you'll have to figure out who is who's gonna do what <laughs> oh, but what would goodness. you say is the best way for choosing how to mix that up because i would think that you know you put things down a little bit of paper horror mm-hmm. comedy romance, romance. thriller Sci-fi, memoir, Sci-fi. memoir, yeah. Squash it all up. Travel, yeah. <laughs> Shuck it all up and then pick up a couple, yeah. And you might have you right. You might have horror travel. You might. <laughs> oh, that would I be th- interesting. I think a lot of people have actually experienced that, though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what about comedy hotel review? 
<laughs> that, oh, would that would be, be great. Good. Yeah, that would make a good book, actually, wouldn't it? I um, think you know what one of the the lessons I I taught years ago was that everybody put down the most random things they got. They cut them out of newspapers, out of magazines. They just put random thing words, and then they started chucking them at each other, just chucking <laughs> them all around the room, and then people were picking them up and putting all their prompts in front of them, and it was the wildest lesson. <laughs> But people really learn new skills, I think. I've got a a lesson I use um, in storytelling um, and I call it snowball and I get people to basically put a piece of paper on their head and then they get a felt tip pen and then they've got to draw, without taking the pen off their head, a picture of themselves (laughs) on their head. Okay. And then afterwards you screw the picture up and you have a snowball fight with it. Uh-huh. What I call a snowball fight. So it's wild across the room. There's paper flying anywhere, everywhere. And the picture or the piece of paper that you pick up, you then have to write three characteristics about this character that you see. And the characters all look like something that's drawn by a five-year-old. Yeah. You know, um, so it's like this character has a bad hair day. It's, you know, always late and, and likes to wear green dresses or something, I don't know, or something random like that. Yeah. But um, that always started off good stories or started people talking. Love that. Yeah. <laughs> well, we're, we we collectively are known as the... Book Whisperers. Book Whisperers. Whisperers. It's funny because we're doing this remotely. Normally we're in the studio. We're all like, the Book Whisperers. The book whisperers. <laughs> we're all like, you know, coordinated. <laughs> and this time we're not. We're in different we're parts the of place. the country. <laughs> we're all over, all over the place. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But the Whisperers can be found on Facebook and on... On the website w- is... www.thebookwhisperers.com Hey, and this week we've been flooded with whisperings. Yes, we have. Always. Flooded with questions. Flooded Would you like question questions. one? Tidal yes, wave. This is from a lady called Fanny. <laughs> Why did you just fall off your chair? <laughs> Fanny asks... <laughs> I made I made up Fanny. It's not. It's, she's called Annie. Annie's asking, where do you get your creative inspiration from? Ooh. Everywhere, everywhere. Yeah, Dreams. Annie, that's a good question. Yeah. But anywhere, I can have my creative inspiration sitting on the bus, sitting in a cafe, eavesdropping. Eaves, yeah, eavesdropping. Eavesdropping. Like the eavesdropping. Even the eavesdropping on the bus. Or listen to this. Yeah. I mean I got my my inspiration for my novel actually because uh of a random thing that happened to me, which I think I've told you about before. It's probably in one of the other podcasts, but um where I, I had a memory of a place I've never been before. Um and it sort of uh, I ended up having regression hypnosis to try and find out why I was there. And that's the basis of the the novel I'm writing. No, so, really. Yeah. Tell again. So you rest you've got... back to a previous life. So um, yeah, it was it was weird. I, I went um, I went down Tynemouth High Street, uh, and I I immediately turned around to my boyfriend at the time, and I was about twenty two. Um, 21, 22. And I said, I've been here before. And, uh, and I said, you know, but it wasn't like this. There was a fair in the high street and there was, this happened and the other happened. It wasn't like deja vu in the sense of, Mm. it was exactly the same. It was the same place, but there was different things going on in the memory. Uh, and I was able to tell him what was, what was in the priory, what was around the corner. Um, I was able to tell him, I think one of the names in the gravestones, things like that. 
Wow. And so I was definitely there. And the thing was, I remember being there. I had bell-bottom trousers and a page boy haircut. So I was about 13 at the time. And the only time there's ever been a fair in Tynemouth High Street was for the Silver Jubilee, which was in 1978, and I would have been 13. So I was there. But um, as far as my parents are concerned, my school, my uh, guide troop, everything else, uh, I'd never travelled from Scotland to Newcastle to Tynemouth when I was 13. So I no, never managed to solve that mystery as to why I was there. So I did hip regression hypnosis. And, uh, oh, so yeah, there's a, a long story, but basically I um, was... Uh, at the priory when it was functioning, uh, it just I, when I opened the door, I was I was in a previous life. So uh, yeah, I don't I don't know how much of it I believe or not, but that's the basis of my novel. So the novel is is t- t- time slip fantasy. Is she's she's getting um, experiencing another life through regression hypnosis. Wow. So that's no, how see, I got my inspiration. So, so. so apropos of something, because normally I used to say I usually say apropos of nothing. Um, I sent you a short. Bi- we had to, to to go through our little short bios, didn't we? Yeah. Recently. yeah. We've had to be. So so I mentioned in my bio today that I had studied under a guy called Dr. Brian Weiss. Uh-huh. So later, just Google him. You'll yeah, be absolutely shocked. Ooh. Okay. That but he cool. is the man who discovered the regression technique. Cool. Oh, wow. Oh, and nice. I ended up studying under him in uh, upstate New York. We'll have to get you to read the sections of my novel about the hypnosis then. <laughs> you can yep. tell me if I got it right. I am the one in Scotland that people, yeah, that's me. <laughs> that's, there's so that's... much, considering how much we talk to each other, there's so much we learn about each other every yeah. time we do a podcast. It's the strangest thing. So it's like a little family all together. Hello, everybody. Gather in because we're telling all our secrets to one another. We're telling our secrets to one another. What about you, Lee? What about your inspiration sources? And my inspiration sources come from all over. And obviously, I'm an avid reader of folk tales and things like that. So I can get, I can mix up folk tales or bits of folk tale um, to make my own folk tale, if you see what I mean. Hmm. Um, but there are other places like songs or even smells or sights. Like the other day I was walking on the beach, just the sound of the, the sound of the curlews and the turns. Ah, you know, that that will that's very evocative and that will send me off into a different thought, a different world. Um yeah. something completely different. So it, it all depends. It it depends on the environment that I'm in. And also yeah. the mood mood that my I'm in as well. You know, yeah. Yeah, that if if you're in a a fun mood, you can write fun comedy sort of bouncy things. But if you're in a reflective mood, it, you go deeper. You go into a deeper sort of different place. Yeah, I think so, you're right. You know that inspiration does come from within, doesn't it? Mm. I mean, it's you're right. You know, it can be stimulated by stuff that we hear on the bus or stuff that we see. You know, but actually, actually, what happens is it does come from within. I I had to write a piece for. I think it was a magazine or something just recently. And it was it was only a small piece, but it was a lockdown piece. Hmm. And uh, I, wrote, I read it again recently and I knew I couldn't replicate it mm-hmm. because I was in that place of, of actually looking back at a quite deep trauma. You know, mm-hmm. lockdown had just started. Everybody was living in complete shock and fear at mm. the time. And that shone through in every word. There was no way that I was going to be able to replicate that. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. I think you're right. You know, the stimulus has got sometimes it's got to come from from external sources. But actually, the words they've they've got 
they've got to flow from within you quite yeah, deep. Yeah, they have to they? resonate, definitely yeah. resonate. Definitely. Oh, I love these whisperers' questions. Here's another light and frothy one. Okay. They say, whisperers, you are so funny. Says, <laughs> says Fanny. Oh, no, it's not Fanny this time. <laughs> it's uh, Agnes. Agnes says, whisperers, you're so funny. What are your favourite jokes? I'm rubbish oh. at jokes. I'm absolutely <sighs> rubbish at jokes. Um, I have you want to, to know my Sherlock I... Holmes one? Yes, go for yeah. it. Okay. So one night, Sherlock Holmes and his faithful Watson are lying there in their sleeping bags. They'd gone camping. They were snuggled up and they were looking up at the stars. And Sherlock Holmes said, Watson, describe what you see above you. And he said, oh, sir, I see the stars twinkling in the dark blue sky of the universe. He said, what does that tell you, dear Watson? Well, sir, he said, it just tells me that we are insignificant in the scheme of things, that the universe simply turns on its own <laughs> axis, and really we are just mere spirits passing through this world. Now tell me, Watson, he says, do you, do you know anything else? Does it tell you anything else about the situation we're in? He goes, oh, yes, it's just all so futile. What is the meaning of life, sir? What is the meaning of life? He says, don't you notice, Watson, that somebody's gone and nicked our bloody tent? <laughs> <laughs> that's a good one. That's a good one. <laughs> I used to collect jokes. <clears throat> and I used to, I've got such a good memory for jokes. Uh, or I used to have such a good memory for jokes. And I was working for Coopers and Lybrand and we were doing, this is in the 90s, um, and we were doing... Um, the report to get a mainframe for the whole Coopers and Lybrand. So there was a whole team of us working up in Perth. And we were working in a kind of abandoned factory, uh, about a team of six of us. And the big boss from Coopers and Lybrand came up. And uh, we had a whole canteen that was open just for the six of us. That uh, we, we went down for our break at 10 and, and lunchtime and three o'clock in the afternoon. But every time the rest of it, we were just working. And so at break time came and we all went downstairs and everyone was saying, you've got to behave yourself with the big boss. You know, thing was... So uh, we went downstairs and, and uh, I told a joke and then he told a joke and then I told a joke and he told a joke and it kind of went back and forth through a whole break. And the rest of the team were like, what on earth is going on? And anyway, so I said, right, bake's over, got to go back to work. And the boss said, no, you're staying here. And I had to stay in the canteen as uh, and we, we told more jokes and more jokes and lunch came and they all came down again. <laughs> we were still telling jokes. <laughs> we went up for lunch they, they, I said no no we're staying here carried on telling jokes back and forth and then the afternoon break I said look I've really got to get back to work and he said oh no you're not working you could have got upstairs and type up all those jokes you just told me that <laughs> 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 was, was me for the rest of the day so I've actually got a file somewhere of all the jokes I used to tell typed up for this guy because he, he said he's a collector of jokes but they just got ruder and ruder as well um, That's so Cooper's yeah. library, though, isn't it? And you should file the jokes, <laughs> and, I need you to, and I need you to put them in alphabetical <laughs> order, and I need you yeah. to laugh, laugh, laughs per minute. I have to say, but most of my jokes, them. most of my jokes are shaggy, shaggy dog stories. But um, I will, I will tell you my joke, and I will not make it rude. Okay, so um, there's an Englishman, a Scotsman, and an American on the top of the Empire State Building. And the American goes, did you know the pollution is so bad, so bad here that you can literally jump over the edge of the entire state building and stamp on the clouds? 
And the Englishman says, don't be ridiculous, you can't do that. So the American says, yeah, yeah, you can. So the American jumps over the, the edge of the, um, the, the barrier and jumps around the clouds and has a little stamp up and down and then comes back and jumps over the barrier and says, see, see, it's, you know, it's pollution. So the Englishman says, oh, I'm going to try this. So the Englishman jumps over the barrier and falls all the way down to the ground to his death. And the Scotsman turns around to the American and says, Jay, you can be a real swine sometimes, Superman. Yeah, I'm absolutely rubbish at jokes. The only ones I can remember are the ones that really are for little kids or something like that. So the only one that I can think of at the That'll moment. That'll suit I, me and Sue. Perfect. Oh, you'd be fine. You'd be fine with this. That That's one, Um The only one that I can really remember is one that used to have have Cameron in absolute kinks um, and it would be like there's mummy balloon and daddy balloon and little baby balloon got out of bed and he went running into mummy and daddy balloon's bedroom jumped into their bed and sidled up between them and daddy balloon said I'm very disappointed you're out of bed when you should be you should be back in bed asleep you've let mummy down Mummy balloon down. You've let Daddy balloon down, and most of all, you've let yourself, let yourself down. down. <laughs> <laughs> oh, brilliant! <laughs> <laughs> How did I know that was going to come from you? <laughs> So segueing carefully on, you know, into our mixing genres. And um, Susan, are you going to get the straws ready? I have the straws right here. Okay. Uh, through the miracle of technology, <laughs> I'm going to be able to offer the straws to my friend in Bonnie Rig, my friend in southern Edinburgh, am I right? Yes. Yeah. And here in deepest, darkest Calcutta. Oh, no, Midlothian. <laughs> so the straws are for who is going to read their piece of the week. Now, I'll just remind you of the choices, girls. Comedy erotica. Yep. Horror panto. Yep. And alien memoir. All right. Alien then. memoir. Yep. Lee Taylor, choose a straw. Oh, I'll take. Oh, that the short one. straw. Oh, oh dear. Straw. Does that mean I... Uh -oh. Does that uh -oh. mean I should... Uh -oh. She does it the other way around. It's a long straw that starts it. Okay. <laughs> and this would be... I, I'm really nervous about this week, so right, go on. Mary Terry okay. Thompson. Oh, you've got the long oh. straw. Congratulations. At least I'll be getting it over with, I suppose. Right. Settle uh, down, ladies. Oh, gosh, this is not going to be fun it's going to be marvellous, marvellous. 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 Right. Centre grounded, feet planted on the floor. <clears throat> yep. <laughs> okay. Centre grounded, feet planted on the floor. I've got to remember that for the rest of my days. It's actually, I, I didn't know. I, how did you know the title of the piece? <laughs> <laughs> it's called Centre grounded, feet planted well on the floor. Ah. Right. No, it's not, but there you go. <clears throat> okay, so... My submission this week is comedy erotica. Woohoo! <laughs> but it's probably not going to be funny. It's probably not going to be erotic. So, um, <laughs> can we make? We'll be the judge of that. Thank you, lady. Can we make noises in the background? <laughs> Please do. <laughs> 
<laughs> probably Ooh, improve it greatly. If you hear some rummaging, just you know, move quickly on. <laughs> rummaging. Is that what we're calling it nowadays? Right. Okay. So she leaned on the countertop with a hot cup of coffee poised motionless at her slightly parted lips. Not for the first time she had noticed the young man at the window standing awkwardly on the ladder, clearly trying to avoid her gaze. She had spent the morning following him from room to room, like a hawk (laughs) stalking its prey, whilst he made his rounds of the house. She watched the man as he squirted the liquid on the glass, rubbed it gently with a rag, and then smoothly wiped it and the dirt away with a rubber thingy. Oh, how she would have liked to be that polished surface, to have his rag on her moist skin. A low moan emanated from her lips, causing the boy to look up sharply. Spilling the coffee down her cardigan, she quickly turned away and blushed, feeling relieved when the doorbell rang. She rushed to the hall. Could this be him, the one she'd been waiting for? She opened the door and there he was. Her perfect man. Without a word, she dragged him to the bedroom and laid him down on her single bed. She tore off his outer garments and stared at his naked body. There it was, seven inches of erect manhood on a gladiator of a man. Oh, my God! (laughs) (laughs) I didn't expect that! I didn't (laughs) You took me by surprise! She stared at him in silence for a minute and then reached down and stroked her pussy. I've nearly lost my... (laughs) She stared at him in silence for a minute and then reached down and stroked her pussy a couple of times before shooing the tabby off her bed. Finally, she got to work. She stripped off her clothes and down to her underwear. She mentally thanked Susan for suggesting she wear the red matching bra and crotchless pantaloons. Ah, pantaloons! (laughs) Making out with him was even better than she had imagined. Now she knew what she liked, the moves that made her moan and gasp and digged her... Dug... Dig... Dug her fingernails into his chest. Then, all thoughts of anyone else left behind, she felt like an instrument being played, so finely tuned as they sang in rhythm, her moans to his squeaks. Back to the piano again. (laughs) She she made the most glorious sounds as he plundered her with his manhood. (laughs) She shuddered against him, her legs quaking, her hair a wild tumble, and her skin flushed and glowing through the wrinkles. She muttered to herself, not bad, not bad at all, before noticing that he had a leak and was deflating fast. Oh dear, not another one, she sighed, before giving a cheerful wave to the window cleaner who was frozen mid-wipe again, mouth agape outside the bedroom window. (laughs) (laughs) Ta-da! Brilliant! Oh, 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 oh,
no ears. <laughs> we would we weren't expecting that one. <laughs> we kind of knew it was coming, but we didn't. <laughs> I thought she, I thought she was going to go near it and veer away, but not go on it. <laughs> Oh, I need a wee oh. drink of water. Oh, I've come over all queer. I'm going to go and suck my lemon in a minute, I can tell you. <laughs> oh, my God, that was really difficult to read. Oh, it was hard enough to write, but to read it was a nightmare. I could see oh, you were red from here. <laughs> I still am. I'm sweating slightly and glowing. <laughs> <laughs> humming, 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 dear, humming. I like the way you've got these euphemisms going, I'm gluing. <laughs> I've never even read erotica. I've never, I had to research it this morning. I had to actually go type in there, erotica. If anyone looked at my browser history today, they'd be really shocked. <laughs> I was actually, I was looking up blow-up dolls and everything. <laughs> my kids are going to go through my browser history and go, Mom, what? is there something we need to talk to you about? <laughs> what have you bought on Amazon? <laughs> Will we find it in the bath? <laughs> oh, apparently the male blow-up doll is called a gladiator. So, oh, is it? Uh, oh, <laughs> See, Lost people, 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 people that get the reference will, you know, they'll get it, you know. <laughs> After we go off here, I'll tell you about another one that I'd heard of at Ann Summers. <laughs> funny. Well done. Oh, Seriously, yeah, well done. <laughs> oh, well, you're going to have to do the erotica next time, you know, Susan. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I can't wait for that. Actually, I think it's going to be so good. <laughs> so no. So no. <laughs> <laughs> so my horror panto, I've decided, is going to be my next book. Oh, cool. I loved it so much, I can't tell you. But it's because I'm a panto geek, that's why. So I've got a horror panto about Cinderella. Hang on. Excellent. All right, what's it? Feet planted on the floor, centre. Centre yourself center. and feet planted on the floor. Yep. Centre and, you know, okay. Here we grounded, go. Ground, centre, oh, grounded, centre, grounded. Yeah. Centre, grounded, do that. Okay. Yeah. I'm on it, like a car bot. No, I'm not really. Uh, okay, here we go. From under the pantry door, Cinderella could see that a gooey trail of deep red slime was curiously twinkling with glitter and oozing forming a puddle on the floor. And that terrible stench was surprising, wasn't it? It hung in the air like a putrid cloud, reminding her of how the kitchen would smell after the beasts were freshly sh shot and hung over the stove to dry. It was making her eyes water. Shades of old shoes and musty wigs, stale lipstick and age-old chocolate. Instinct told her instinct told her not to open the pantry door just yet, but instead to sit down and gather her strength. After all, the events of the past few days had been pretty trying. Oh no they hadn't. Oh, oh yes, yes, they, yes had. they had. <laughs> oh no they hadn't. Oh, oh yes, yes they, they had. had. Now that was quite enough of that. They really had. <laughs> It seemed like a lifetime ago when the castle was heaving with the post-euphoric glee of Prince Charming's ball. But now here she was, her prince having been mysteriously and suddenly killed in a high-speed carriage accident where the brakes had failed and the lead horse had uncharacteristically <laughs> run amok. 
His friend Dandini had been found face down in the gutter, garroted by his own silk neckerchief. <laughs> and her stepmother had fallen from the top of the stairs, accidentally tripping on a piece of loose carpet, even though the carpet fitter had laid it afresh only one week ago. Oh. Ah well, hey-ho, fiddle-dee-dee, Cinders thought. <laughs> Suddenly, there was a knock at the window. Cinders. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Special effects. <laughs> oh, yeah, I like it. This is a creepy bit. Cinders. Oh, Cinders. It was buttons. Thank goodness. A little light in an otherwise deeply dark day. Come in, dear buttons, cried Cinderella, rushing to open the door. Hiya, pals, he cried, bounding into the kitchen, turning to the audience stage right. Hiya, buttons, cried, Hello, a, buttons. Buttons. <laughs> cried a deafening volume of voices from somewhere in the dark, knocking Cinderella straight off her feet. Where are your stepsisters, Salmonella and Sturgeonella? he asked. <laughs> I don't know, buttons, they seem to have disappeared. Hmm, said Buttons. How very strange. Turning stage right, beckoning the voices through the darkness, he cried, What do you think, pals? Where do you think the ugly sisters have gone? Behind you! shouted the voices. What here? cried Buttons, pointing to the open window. No! <laughs> shouted the voices from the deep dark void. What here? cried Buttons, looking under the table. No! no! Screamed the voices, getting much louder now. How about here? cried Buttons, pointing to the pantry door. Yay! Yay! <laughs> Screamed the voices in a frenzy. Buttons moved towards the pantry door, slowly, step by step. Suddenly, he pulled the door open with a flourish and the voices from the void reached fever pitch. Behind you! They were screaming. Got hiccups. (laughs) Button stood still under a shower of severed body parts. A hand wearing Salmonella's distinctive signet ring falling at his feet. A foot wearing Sturgeonella's two sizes too small stiletto, rolled across the floor and dropped off stage left into the orchestra pit. Behind you! The voices were still screaming. Behind you! Buttons looked over his shoulder and saw the last thing his eyes would ever see. Cinderella! cried Buttons. Whatever are you doing with that chainsaw? Shall I, boys and girls? Shall I? (laughs) Cinders was screaming into the void, foam appearing at the corners of her lips, the whites of her eyes shining, her tiny yet surprisingly strong frame holding aloft the huge vibrating power tool. Shall I give it to Buttons, boys and girls? Yay! Screamed the voices. Oh, yes, I will, Cinderella cried. Oh, Oh, no, you won't, screamed the voices. Oh, yes. Oh, yes, I will. 
Yay. Oh, that's a cracker. That's brilliant. I am in love with a horror panto. Oh, that's brilliant. That's really good. I love Say it. Say something about me, that one. <laughs> oh, oh, no, it brilliant. doesn't. Oh, oh yes, so it does. does. <laughs> I can't wait to see the book. Yes, I can't wait to see the You've got so, so many books in you. Yeah. Oh, we all have. You're just a book factory. A wee book factory. Oh, I'm a wee book factory. <laughs> oh, it's true. Yes. yes. <laughs> well, mine isn't really a long, long story. It's just very, very short and sweet. Doot sweet. So I'll um I'll try and start, shall I? I can't really see with the light here, so never mind. Olive Alien. Hold it right there. You thought you were giving directions to a transvaldicator. But instead, I want you to look over there into that camera. Olive Alien, saviour of the farthest reaches of the galaxy, explorer of black holes, expert on Milky Way change and galactosymp systems, this is your alien life. Now let's open the big red book and see what it has to say about you. So, would you like to tell us in your own words about your early beginnings? <laughs> oh, oh, thank you, Eamon. <laughs> I just don't know what to say. You've caught me totally unawares. Why, I can hardly think for shock. My little tentacles are shaking. Look, you've made all the suckers go all... Oops! Oh, I'm terribly sorry. They have a mind of their own, especially when they get excited. Are you all right? You've gone a bit pink. You'd like me to continue? Uh, Well, if it wasn't for the spate of flatulence, I doubt I'd be talking to you now. My father told me he had to get out of the lift on the seventh floor and ended up bumping into what, what was to become my pod provider. Imagine that. He'd managed to bypass all those long searches and complicated teleconnections that never get you anywhere. And all the while, the pod clock is ticking. Tick-tock, (laughs) tick-tick-tock. So I came into being when the last episode of Cheers was being aired. You'll appreciate the significance later, but we'll leave that aside for now. My pod mother, as I like to call her, my fairy pod mother, (laughs) on account of her penchant for wands and odd-looking tutus, slapped me on the back and excitedly... Excited and exclaimed loudly, Oh my God, he's here! Look, he's here! Then she shoved my baby bottle full of martini, shaken, not stirred, with an olive, I might add, right into my mouth and sternly said, Suck on this and don't say a word. Then she proceeded to take lots of pouting selfies. She does have three pairs of lips, I might add, all on her head, (laughs) of course. Fortunately, I don't take after her. My better features are assigned to my nether regions. There's quite a lot of them. Several small dogs and children have been lost with a careless frock down, <laughs> I can tell you. And wind, I can make a riptide look tame if needs, if needs must. But let's not lower the tone right now, shall we? Let's get back to the important things all about me. Ta-da. <laughs> I love the three, three pairs of lips all on her head. <laughs> I like the idea of the, the missing puppies. <laughs> that reminds a me there used, to be, down. <laughs> there used to be a, a newspaper didn't there called the sunday sport yes oh yeah yeah and i think there was one headline which said you know since i uh i've started losing weight and i found in my navel 
the kitten that I'd lost in 1972. <laughs> <laughs> I just like the image. I, mean, I just like the image of those sort of things. I think it was, um, I can't remember the name of her. She was a famous artist. She used to like to draw really large women. And there's, oh, there's one where there's Beryl a woman Cook. sort of, that's it, Beryl Cook. She got up from the sofa and you could see this small dog sort of still wedged <laughs> in the crack of her yes. bottom, which um, oh, I still love that to, to this day, love that picture. <laughs> I would give my eye teeth for an original Beryl Cook. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what is that about? I have no idea. She just paints it like it is. She does, doesn't she? Yeah, it's perfect. It's absolutely perfect. Well, I hope that we've encouraged you all to, to mix it up a bit. Yes, absolutely. I think. Yes, and these long so. winter nights, I think, you know, when Netflix is not a calling anymore and socially yeah. distancing um, on Strictly just isn't lighting our fire. Yes. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> then actually, you know what? We could actually make our own fun just for the pencil, pencil to piece of paper. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. I do think it's it's such a challenge to do two different genres that you've never written in before. Um, I just, you know, having the deadline of knowing that I had to have it ready for today really focuses the mind as well. So have a, have a deadline that you're going to put yourself to as well, mm-hmm. I think will help. Because right? you just have to do something uh, while I'm letting it sort of drag out. But yeah. uh, no, um, I think you're right. Actually, I think the whole you're right. Actually, I think if you writing for fun is lovely, but actually writing to perform it to a friend, hmm. or or um for a meeting of a, a writers group, or for the book whisperers, we hmm. we provide a safe space where you can post your writing, and it's a, a creative space, and no one's going to to steal yeah. your writing and share it. <clears throat> we can't share it with anybody. It's just for you to put it out yeah. there. Yeah. Um, then yeah, then join and us. Lots, lots of sort of lovely support from people as well, yeah. commenting and, yeah. and giving feedback as well, uh, and it's all mm-hmm. positive feedback. There's never, you know, there's no no nastiness. The no, it's all it's all very positive and helpful. Um, well, until yeah. next week, what have we got on next week then, girls? It's Halloween. So next week it's going to be Halloween. horror, 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 horror. We're going to be dressed <laughs> up and everything, which is very useful for broadcasting. It is. Oh, very. Yes. Yes. I mean, to describe. We just have our... to imagine us yeah. in our in our nefarious outfits. Yeah. Nefarious. Mm. Nefarious. <laughs> we'll go with that one. I, I like yeah. nefarious. It's a good word. It's a great word. Yeah. yeah. That's because we've been talking about fairies all week. It's supposed to be fairies. Nefarious. 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 All right, well, listen, thank you so much for the pleasure of your company. It's good night from her. It's good night from her. And it's good night from her. (laughs) Good night. (laughs) Have a lovely week. Keep writing. Absolutely. Take care, guys. Take care. Lots of love. Bye. 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 Horror. Bye. What are we going to do with horror? Horror. Horror. Horror.